This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports here. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Friday Night Drive and I'm with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as we get you caught up on some big football wins for us and we got the playoffs starting here as well. We got some big matchups happening so uh, a jam-packed episode of the podcast, as we like to say here, um, as always. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, what have you. Make sure you look us up, write a nice little re- uh, note as well. We always appreciate the positive feedback. If you got negative feedback, you can leave it, but I really wouldn't recommend it. Um, we're going to do our usual four-quarter format here. In the first quarter, we recap big wins for both Loyola and Nutria football. In the second quarter, we are joined by Nutria Field Hockey head coach Stephanie Mikaza. In the third quarter, we play No Way or No Way, the weekly guessing game. It's, we've been playing it every single week, so I should know what it's called. And in the fourth quarter, we are going to preview the final week of regular season football here. Big matchups for both Loyola and Nutria heading into the playoffs. Both teams will be in the playoffs uh, moving forward. Um, so that's a good transition to the first quarter where we'll start off with Nutrier um, winning over Niles West 42 to 14. We essentially said that this is a must win game and it, that's exactly how um, Nutrier treated it. Nutrier got its fifth win of the season. So they are automatically qualified for um, the playoffs here. Um, so obviously a big win for 42 to 14, the offense got it going. Uh, defense was able to limit things, Joe. And um, this is kind of a game that we, um, this is going to be like a redundant thing we say in the first quarter here, but this game kind of went the way that we expected it to. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it did. And, uh, you know, must, must win. I think actually they, they started a little slowly again, which has kind of plagued them all year uh, against Niles West. That doesn't matter too much, um, but they were able to um, put it together and, and get, get up there to, to 35 points. So um Passing game looked good. Again, I think uh, they got all the seniors in, um, which is key. So that, of course, probably kind of limits a little bit of your maximum, your optimization of your lineup. Make sure you get all those seniors in. But um, they were able to throw the ball around um, a little bit. A couple touchdowns for Finn Cohen, who's had a tremendous year at tight end. Also a defensive end for them. Um, So that's big. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, they did what they had to do, and they set up this big matchup that we're going to talk about more on Friday night. Yeah. Big day for, we talked about this in the offense and how like you needed to get it going, kind of just heading in, <coughs> excuse me, to a big matchup um, against Maine South where you had senior quarterback, Nevin Kermiscoli, um accounting for 334 uh, total yards of offense, passing for 233, running for 101, um, three touchdown passes for him, one rushing. He had running back Jack Cummings eclipsing 100 yards, of total offense again for the Trillions, um with 77 rushing yards and catching three passes for 45 yards. Um, Josh Kirkpatrick called in 40, uh, four, not 45 passes, four passes for 53 <laughs> yards. Could you imagine 45 passes? That'd be, be a record. That wouldn't be, in, that wouldn't be insane, but I feel like that's, uh, that'd be uh, really uh, easy to defend, I feel like. But um, so this offense really just got it going. And um, I don't know how much, I don't know how much you can take away when it's obviously against Niles West, obviously a team that um, is not at the level that Nutria is, but you still have to look at those numbers and feel pretty confident um, heading into their matchup against uh, Maine South, but also just looking forward toward the playoffs. Yeah. um, I think Dahl and company on his, uh, on his coaching staff, were probably looking for some particulars that, you know, a matchup with Niles West kind of gives you that leeway, that opportunity to, 
look at certain matchups, look at certain situations and see where you can get better or see how they're working and see what you can put together for a matchup against Maine South, who um, is going to be favored in this one. But can Nutrier give him a game and can Nutrier make something special happen? I think it's possible. Um, so um, what's it going to take to get them in a place where they could pull it off? Uh, I think that's probably one of the things they were looking at on Friday night in the win against Niles West. So um, I think one of the things you could pull out that possibly will make that difference, can Nevin run the ball? Uh, he ran it for over a hundred yards. I think he had a long scoring run. Um, so when the play breaks down or, you know, whatever play they call does not work, um, no receivers open, can Nevin make something out of nothing? And can he get, can he get the first downs? Can he even get positive yards to make sure that the, uh, um, the clock keeps moving and they stay on the field? I think that's going to be big in this one. And, of course, that's not going to be the only thing um, that can't win you the game on its own. So he's going to have to make those passes as well and step up. Uh, that Those receivers are going to have to step up. I think Maine South is going to limit your ground game, even though it's been pretty underrated this year um, with Jack Cummings. So um, I think those are a couple things I'm looking at. Now let's talk about the defense. Obviously it's been a, a fine point for us the entire season, just talking about, um, you know, what they've been um, able to overcome and some tough games that they've had. And are you concerned that they gave up 14 points to Niles West? I mean, they had an impressive 70 um, yard uh, scoring drive capped off with a 25 yard touchdown pass. Um, I know that was at the beginning of the second half. So it obviously teams like the script seeing things a little bit more at the start of quarters and halves and or at the beginning of halves. Um, but are you concerned at all, or do you do you think that they let too many points in by letting Niles West score 14 points, or is it um, in a blowout game maybe you uh, um, let go a little bit um, and not really critique it at that point like I'm looking at here? Yeah, I just don't think it's surprising. Um, I think against the good teams, they give up, you know, more than that, you know, three to four to five scores, and um, Niles West is, while not to their caliber, um, Niles West can put up points. They put up 21 on Maine South. They put up 14 against Glenbrook South, um, 38 against Maine East. Um, so, I mean, they've scored, scored some points um, here and there. So um, I guess I wouldn't be over. I'm not overly concerned about that. That seems about on par um, with what they've been doing. The long drives might, maybe that's a little concerning, but I don't think they're going to go into Friday night matchup expecting to hold Maine South scoreless. So they just got to play at their, best level on the defense by I think to to compete in that one um obviously capped off with the win of Nutria returning to the playoffs they missed the playoffs in 2019 um the last time we had a full uh season of high school football here um and that was for the first time in 16 seasons so um it seemed like the guys and coach Dahl were really excited just to you know be back in advance yeah um like we said Nutria for so long was a playoff football team um, you know, I think a lot of people consider them a five and four. They're a good team um, year in, year out. And uh, a couple eight ones mixed in there, too, a couple seven and two. So occasionally they'll really maximize it. But uh, that one year, 2019, they just didn't have it. So um, I think it's pretty important to them that they got that back on track and they started a new streak that hopefully um, continues for a while. So um, got to be excited about going to the dance. They got more than enough playoff points. I was actually talking to Marty um, Carlino, former former uh, pod co-host who who covers the Trevians for us, and he was talking about how um, their Nutrier's playoff points, which is a uh, compilation of all your opponent's victories, you just add them all up, uh, might be the most they've ever had in under Coach Dalt. So very high um, point total for Nutrier. We'll talk more about their matchup against Maine South moving on here in the fourth quarter, but let's talk about Loyola um, taking care of business against St. Patrick's with a 35 to seven win on Friday night at um, Trident College um, underclassmen uh, Nishman and Fitzgerald step up for Loyola as uh, they go to eight and zero so far in the season still have not lost in the calendar year 2021. So this is definitely a, a good year for the Rambler program, but, um, I don't know. I, we said this about uh, the new cheer game too, but this is kind of what you expected, um, especially, um, you know, getting some guys, some reps um, moving forward here as we head into the final couple weeks of the season. 
Yeah, um, another good one for for Loyola, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I bet they were kind of a little upset that they let St. Pat's in the end zone late. Um, St. Pat's is a pretty uh, decent team. You know, they could be a playoff team with a win over Vider this weekend. Um, so um, it's a good team. They got the victory. It was funny. I was actually watching a little bit of, uh, of the broadcast um, as I took a, a Friday off. And uh, the, the announcers seemed, you know, they, they kept talking up Loyola. Um, but they, you know, talking about how, um, they like to, <laughs> they like to pass the ball since Maldonado left. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen, uh, some of these guys run the ball and they were pretty yeah. surprised by Nemesheim who picked up where Regan left off, who picked up where Sterney can run the ball. You know, they, they run the ball like crazy. So, uh, but they can also pass the ball too. So it's just a really balanced attack. And I think at the high school level, when, when both, when you're that balanced, and uh, that efficient on both sides of passing, you're passing the run game, very difficult stop uh, for any team, especially a team where you're, uh, who, who you're outmatched, who you outmatch. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's just able, I mean, he was able to step in and rush for 126 yards on 23 carries, um, scored their first touchdown on a one yard run after a 63 yard drive. Um, Jake Sterney, obviously continuing to impress um, this. I mean, this team is just – for how much we talked about in the spring and how talking about how dominant that Loyola team was with um, the talent that they had and that kind of stuff. And I remember at the beginning of this season, we were talking about how, well, they might like – they'll still be Loyola. Like, they'll win a lot of games, but they might not be at the level that we expected them at the spring. Um, this team just seems to be complete. I mean, obviously, you would love to have Marco Maldonado back in there, but it seems like they have the running back depth. They have the quarterback. They have the receiving. They have the strong defense. I mean, this team is just built for um, – this team is just built differently than most teams in the state of Illinois. It absolutely is. Um, and, you know, when you're, when you're that successful and you're a private school, obviously that's going to attract talent from the greater – you know, larger and larger, you know, swaths of Chicagoland um, or even farther. So um, that's what's kind of happened, I think. So their depth has just expanded over the years, which is so scary considering um, without that they're probably still up there on just their starting lineups. And now they got that depth to back it up in case of injuries, things like that. Um, I think we said it before, so not to kind of uh, beat a dead horse here, but I think with Marco, they're the best team in the state and it's not close without, you know, it comes down and it's closer. Um, and, but I still think they're, they're up there um, probably with very small group, very small team picture of the best. And on any given day, they are the best. So um Playoffs, we'll see a lot, um, but I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for for them to really see um, strong competition there, since they will be, um, at, you know, one of the top seeds. Um, I guess I'm previewing my thoughts a little too much on, on the Mount Carmel game. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that Mount Carmel uh, matchup goes. But um, obviously, a big win for Loyola, able to take care of business where they needed to. Um, no hiccups or anything like that. Sterney completed 13 of 20 passes for 166 yards. Um, the defense get, did give up that six points, um, but uh, Loyola just able to dominate. Um, and we'll talk more about them, um, their matchup against Mount Carmel and how the playoffs might kind of look out here um, in the fourth quarter. But let's move on over now to the second quarter where we're joined by new field hockey coach, Stephanie Mikaza. Uh Joe, I know you got a chance to talk to her. So what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, so I checked out um, a marquee matchup uh, in the field hockey uh, pitch. Can you call it a pitch in field hockey? Why not? Uh, yeah. With Lake Forest, just two of the best, uh, two the best programs in the state for years and years and years. And uh, they tied 1-1 going into the playoffs. So that kind of set the stage for what's going to be a pretty exciting playoff. So we talked about how, um, you know, she kind of is a little sad to start as they she doesn't like to draw. Of course, who does? But um, we talk about that. We talk about the postseason and, and how her team's looking going into it. All right, let's have a listen. You think you had the, the offensive possessions to, to get to a goal you just couldn't finish? Well, we had no corners. Yeah. So we played well. We played very well. But we didn't play well enough. And we had no corners coming in. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I liked a lot of stuff that we – how we were playing against them but I don't, we couldn't finish. And we did right away, and then we couldn't finish the rest of the game. And that's why you go into overtime. Yeah. 
Um, we have people that can score, um, you know, and I just, you know, wish that kind of came together a little bit more. Um, I think they're ready to play. I think they're focused. Um, I would have liked a, a win, obviously, to go into to playoffs, but, it, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, so that's where I'm at. I, you're just catching me at a time. I'm just disappointed right that's now. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, but has that been, you said you had girls who can score, so has that not been a big problem? Did it just kind well, of manifest tonight? we haven't gone into overtime at all this season. Huh. So, you know, we, um, you know, our this season, every coach says they have a young team. You know, we do. We have <laughs> only three seniors starting. One of them's our goalie and two field players. Um, and the rest are underclassmen. Um, you know, I'm talking about really the starting lineup. We have a lot, we have freshmen out there too, which is fine. Um, so all season, we haven't gone into overtime. We've been, we've had a rough, you know, pretty, not rough schedule. In state, we've only lost two games. One of them was to them, and we beat them, and now we draw. And the other one was to Oak Park, and they lost to Oak Park, and I tipped my hat to Oak Park that they came out and beat both of us. Um, and other than that, any, you know, we were in a lot of tournaments and that's where mm -hmm. the overall record where we have a few more losses and we added a few more wins. Um, so we've, you know, we've met a lot of hard competition. So these guys have gone, made a huge, not huge turnaround, but we have really been building this season and I'm proud of them. Um, but we just need to still, you know, we, we had it Tuesday, we put it together, we beat Columbus South big. Um, and, you know, going into the tournament, that's big. Right. I mean, you know, why, you know, the seeding was already done before that game. Okay. They're seed number be, two, yeah. and we beat them six to one. That's kind of, you know, um, and, and that bothered me, but it, you know, it only rebounds us up, you know, and going in to the tournament. We, we have to prove ourselves. And I think what happens is, you know, you come in, after COVID year, but we've been, we've had some banner seasons before that, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years of just big, you know, big wins, big, we've been traveling a lot and we did this year. And so, you know, a lot of those girls have graduated, you know what I mean? So we're coming up again and we're pulling it together again. Yeah. And um, so it's been a real building year. I'm really proud of them. I just wish I'm a little disappointed we couldn't finish in this game as a coach. And we, or we couldn't get corners either. But they played really well. I mean, as a team, they played great. We played great against Glumber South. Yeah. So that's so where I'm at. Going into the postseason, you feel like you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I do. I, I actually, I feel good about it. I wish this game, you know, was a little bit more of a turn, obviously in favor of us. Um, but going into playoffs, I feel pretty good. I think these guys are ready to go. Uh, we got to tweak a few more things, you know, um, and they have to be ready to go. They have to be ready to play, and they are. Thanks so much for joining us, Stephanie, and thank you as always to all the coaches and players who join us every single week. Always good to get you guys' insight and uh, really appreciate the time. All right, we're halfway through the podcast, so let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure you check them out move better and live better. All right, we are here now in the third quarter where we'll play our weekly game of way or no way, our weekly guessing game where Joe and I decide whether a statement I say way can happen, no way can ha not happen. Um, you and I don't really disagree on much. I've noticed when we've been doing way or no way, hasn't been, uh, there has been yelling or anything like that. And that's kind of the essence of way or no way. You need at least one yelling match um, for it to be considered a success. So I'll try to see if we can change things up here but I mean there's only so much you can do when you're uh have the same approach and thinking about it but why don't we start things off with uh way or no way uh that Loyola and your boys soccer will meet in the sectional final I will say no way I'll say Evanston has something to say about that um I believe as it goes is it uh Evanston's in that sectional as the two seed is that right no, they're the one seed. One, two, three. So, wait. Yeah. And Loyola is four? Uh, yeah. So, Loyola will have to play Evanston in the semis right. in the sectional. 
Yeah, I think uh, Evanston's a really good program. He's going to have something to say. Loyola's hot right now. Their offense is really hot, very dynamic, very fast. Um, but just to, to spice things up, I'll say no way. Um, it'll go one versus two in the sectional final. The other thing I'm going to – I know I, I was hyping this up, and I'm not just doing this just to live out the, the life and memo of a of way <laughs> yeah. or no way, but um, I'm going to go away. I feel like um, Loyola – I think I expect Loyola to beat GBS on Friday when they're regional. I expect Evanston to beat um, Lane Tech and move on to that sectional semifinal. And in a game where um, anything can happen, obviously I think Evanston would be favored in that matchup. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm where Loyola can win that game and then meet up with Nutria, who Nutria would need to um, take care of business first against uh, Taft tonight um, and against, again, GBN or St. Pat's and then um, OPRF. But um, I, I'm going to go with Way here. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not doing it just because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I believe it. Um, <laughs> all right, our second way or no way here. Um, we got the seedings coming out for girls volleyball, Nutria, uh, ranked as the top seed in their sectional. Um, that sectional is where is it? I just had it here because there it is the Schomburg sectional, and Loyola is number two in that sectional. So, way or no way, Joe, you think that seeding was correct? Boy, that's tough. Um, you know, Nutrier has doubled the losses. Um, not double. Um, I think Loyola picked up a couple recently. So I think Loyola's got six and has got nine or 10. I, you know, did they go by strength? You know, it goes by coaches and what they thought of the teams. I think that's a tough draw for Loyola. I think they, they kind of earned that top seed. Um, I don't know. I think these were before the discovery tournament. Um, but I think Loyola finished better than Nutria in the discovery tournament, um, at Glenbrook North. So, I think they are two of the top. So looking at those seeds, I think they're one, two. So does it really matter? Because they're still lined up. They don't have to play each other before the sectional final. It kind of matters because um, Loyola will have a bit of a tougher matchup in the sectional semis um, and even in the regionals. But um, you got to beat the best anyway. You got to get there. So um, I, I guess to answer your question, no way. I guess I don't think it was correct. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think no way. I think Loyola should have been the top seed there. I think they've proven to be the better team. Um, obviously, these two teams have split against each other this season, but um, I think Loyola is the better team. Not by a lot, but I do think that they are the better team, and they should have been the top seed um, in that sectional. All right, Joe, we've got girls' tennis state happening this weekend. Way or no way that the Nutria girls' t tennis team will win state as a team? Oh, man, I always like to – when the seedings come out, I think today for the state tournament or tomorrow, well, it starts tomorrow, right? Thursday. Yeah. Right. I usually like to check it out today and kind of do the review and I haven't had a chance yet. So um, I'm going to say no way. I think they are a small step behind a couple of programs, the Hinsdale centrals uh, Stevenson and one other team. Is it Lake forest? I think those they are the do four. have Rab Johns. Yeah. I think those are the four with, of course, Nutrier. And I think they, you know, it's going to come down to some head-to-heads in there where Nutria, I don't think, is going to be favored. Um, so they're going to have to pull off some upsets um, or maybe some upsets by some other schools on um, teams like Hinsdale Central or Stevenson. But I I think they might be a step below. So I'm, I'm trying to create a little more contention for you and difficulty for you, Michael. But I would say no way they don't win a team championship. I think way they're going to win. I mean, Madison Liu is uh, based on my looking at this right now. She's the sixth seed in the singles matchup. They have uh, Lucy Perilli and Carrie uh, Rothberg. They are the third doubles team, uh, third ranked doubles team. They've got uh, some more top ranked uh, um, doubles team there as well. Um, and uh, I, I think I, I hear what you're saying about Hinsdale Central and Lake Forest and that kind of stuff. But um, I think uh, I think they do have a chance to win the state title. I think they got some depth there and I think uh, that they can help them out and um, really help propel them uh, toward the end. But um, obviously, we know um, tough matchups with Stevenson and Lake Forest and Hinsdale Central in there, too. So I'm not going to I'm not here telling you that they're a favorite, but I do think that they have a chance to do it. All right, where no way, Joe, that the Nutria Girls Swimming and Diving team 
can have someone place at the state meet this year? I know obviously we're a little bit ways away from the state meet, but where or no way you think that can happen? Just place? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, of course. Uh, they have um, Carly Nobeline, who's like a national star. Um, she's going to bring home a couple medals, if not a couple championships. And they have, help me out. You know, this person, uh, Kaylin, is it Gridley? Yeah. Kaylin Gridley. Yeah. Who's, who's another one who's a star and has uh, state um, experience from when she was a sophomore. So um, they got those two and it, you know, in the relays, um, those two are going to combine with a couple others to really put forth something special. I think they actually hold one of the state records from a 2019 performance. So um, they'll have multiple placers. I think they're the favorites, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, it's going to be good. I think Loyola is going to do pretty well as well. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. I think I'll go away pretty much for the same reason you said. A lot of talent there, a lot of depth. So um, they'll definitely have someone place at state. All right, field hockey playoffs have started here, Joe, as we've heard with uh, Stephanie Nakaza. Way or no way that the Loyola field hockey team can get to the state title game? The which one? Uh, state title game. Loyola? Yeah, Loyola. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're a step behind the upper echelon this year. You know, they made a, it, it really probably about within the past six, seven seasons, a great march to be among that elite competition I think taking home uh they may have gotten second one year and and a couple other trophies as well and I uh I just think they're they're a step below the Nutrier Lake Forest and even Glenbrook South who's the two seed above Nutrier believe it or not um seed so if you saw my story um the seeds came out before Nutrier and Glenbrook South played and they gave Glenbrook South, the two seed ahead of Nutrier, which had some losses from out-of-state competitions. Um, they like to travel um, and they take their lumps there sometimes. So, and then Nutrier played Glenbrook South and beat them six to one. So um, the seeds are a little screwy um, this year, but that's, uh, you know, they're two and three, so they're going to meet up anyway, but Loyola stepped down, so no way. Yeah, I think it'll be no way too. I think they have a good team, obviously, but um, not to the level, like you mentioned, for both um, Nutrier, GBS, and obviously Lake Forest. All right, folks, there we go. That was way or no way our weekly guessing game. Let's see what happens next week. But let's move on over now to the fourth quarter. Well, where uh, before we get to football and the big matchups we have upcoming there, um, talk about some playoffs that are happening, Joe. Um, obviously, uh, Loyola made it over to the regional final, and uh, they will uh, take on um, – um gbs for the regional final there nutrier uh playing taft tonight um and uh, hoping to make it to a regional final um what do you expect out of these uh soccer matchups we have here in the area um do you feel like um we've talked about it a little bit but how far do you think each team can go uh i think each team, both both loyal and nutrier um are elite programs in the class this year um, I think it's one of those things very similar to the, to the girls season we just saw in the spring where it was this new Trier Evanston Loyola combo. And we were very high on all three teams and it was a shame that they had to play in the same sectional. I think that's the same thing here with the boys. Um, I think they're all very good. I think we saw that in some of the um, out of sectional competition against the other great teams such as Warren and, and some others um, that they can stack up and, and win. So, uh, it's a shame that they're going to have to meet here, but that's, you know, you're going to have to play them at some point. So um, I, I like Nutria and Loyola um, and Evanston, and I think it'll be a, a chalk sectional final. I think they'll both win regional championships. And then um, when the good stuff starts, I think we'll see Nutria and Evanston meet up in the sectional final. All right. We'll see what happens there. And then girls volleyball last week of the season here. Um, how are you feeling about both the Ramblers and the Trevians? Well, I just watched a highlight of Mia McGrath throwing down a vicious. I uh, saw that. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> a vicious. That'll do um, it right there. That was awesome. Um, and they, they took care of business against Niles West, who's a good team that beat Nutria in straight sets earlier this season. Um, and I think they're the four seed Niles West in the sectional. Mm-hmm. So they're good. Um, and Loyola took care of them pretty handily. 
So I think they're primed, man. I'm, I'm high on this Loyola team. I can't wait. I hope they meet um, Nutria in the sectional final. Um, I'm kind of a volleyball nerd, as you know, so I'm very excited to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I think that uh, that's going to be a really fun uh, sectional to watch. Obviously, uh, Nutria, the one seed, Loyola, the two seed, hopefully they can match up in Schaumburg um, on the 3rd of November for a sectional championship matchup there. All right, let's move on over, Joe. We are here. It is the final week of football, the final week of regular season football, I should say. Hopefully our teams have some um, a long stretch of playoff games going on here. But um, interesting matchups we have going on here between Loyola and Mount Carmel and Nutria and Maine South. Why don't we start with Nutria and Maine South, where um, both teams obviously automatically qualify. Maine South has already um, secured a division title, I'm pretty sure. Um, based on them defeating uh, Evanston earlier last week, I think GBS would need to beat Evanston and um, Nutria would need to beat Maine South for there to be a co-share or something like that, based on if I remember correctly. But um, obviously a big prove it game for Nutria heading into the playoffs. I mean, um, what do you think about this matchup for Nutria and how important is it that um, obviously they want to win the game, but obviously keep it close at least. Um, heading into the playoffs here? You know, this is going to be fun. Um, I think Nutrier has some firepower to keep up if things swing the right way. Maine South is, I think, overall a better program, um, better team this year. And uh, But they, you know, last week against Evanston, Evanston had them on the ropes. Um, I wish I, you know, I haven't seen the tape, but they had them up. They were up on them at halftime, and they couldn't do anything after halftime. So that says a lot about Maine South's defense in a pressure situation against uh, that Evanston offense, shutting them down for a whole half. Um, really impressive stuff out of the Hawks' defense. So um, Nutrier is going to have to face that. And uh, similar thing happened, I think, a couple weeks ago. Glenbrook South was was up on, I think, Maine South. Yeah, they were up on them too, yeah. In the second half, right? And, yeah. Uh, you know. Maine South ran away with it and, and just stopped Glenbrook South cold. So if Nutrier can sustain drives late in the game, say they get out to a lead or they get out just some points on the board and they keep that, they play four quarter football. Uh, I think we might have a game here. Um, it's just, can they limit big plays from Maine South? We've seen in the past that they haven't been able to. And that's been the killer is even when their defense steps up and has a good game, they allow these, long plays that really are just momentum suckers um, that happened in the, in the spring season. Um, and I've seen it happen before. So um, Nutria's defense is a tough task, you know, as much as we hope their offense can score with them. Um, I don't know if, if there's going to be much of a game, if the defense doesn't at least uh, limit what Maine South has to offer. So um, that's the key to me is the just limiting. And I, even if the Nutria offense plays a uh, four touchdown, five touchdown football, uh, Maine South has the capability and power to score more than that. So I think a lot of pressure on that Trevian defense. Yeah, I think that's the difference there, right? Isn't it just basically like your offense can keep up with Maine South pretty much. Like obviously, um, maybe not the same exact level, but that offense can keep up. It's essentially, can the defense do a bend, don't break defense where um, you maybe take some time off the clock. Obviously you, you let them run, but you limit them maybe to a field goal, or maybe you make a fourth down stop in the end zone or something like that, where um, you, you have confidence in the offense and what it's able to do. But um, can that defense limit Maine South as much as possible? No one's, like you said earlier, no one's expecting Nutria to shut out Maine South this season. Um, but can the defense at least limit the offense from doing what it wants to do? Um, and I feel like that's the major, that's the, that's the major goal here. Can the defense limit um, Maine South? Yeah, and I see I see a couple paths to victory. Like what what could happen and what scenario in which Nutria wins. And, and one of them to me is that the defense bends a lot but gets a couple turnovers. I think they're going to press for turnovers and going to try because I think they know that that'd be a huge um, a huge you know tick in their favor and key to victory is if they get a couple turnovers and switch possession on them. And then the offense scores five touchdowns. We're talking in the thirties. They're able to do that um, and get those turnovers. Then you're just limiting main South's possessions. And I could see the defense still giving up 300, 400 yards, but 
Maine South didn't have the ball enough. So Nutria wins, you know, whatever, 35 to, to 31. I could see that happening in the other path to victory, I think is um, just a very methodical Nutria sustains drives. And we're talking more like a 28, 24. Um, those are kind of the two. And in each case, the defense makes something special happen. This is a storyline that I'm kind of curious about when we talk about Loyola at Mount Carmel. But do you think there's a chance Maine South doesn't play, like, rest its players? I mean, they've secured, um, they've secured, you know, the conference. They've secured um, points and that kind of stuff and um, have a pretty good record. Where um, is there any chance that Maine South would even consider, you know, resting some of its players, even without a big lead or anything like that, where they're just like, listen, we've got the conference. We've pretty much made our bed. Um, in in 8A right about now we know where we're probably going to be seated where it's much better for us to be healthier as opposed to maybe risk an injury against a game against Nutria that maybe they don't necessarily need to prove anything in. I can't see a case where they would do that for a couple reasons. I don't think they like Nutria very much and I don't think Nutria likes them very much. So that rivalry of not just like closeness like that Evanston rivalry – but more of, we don't like you. Uh, every time we play you, something goes wrong. We have something to prove, which makes the other team think the same thing. I, I don't think they do it. And I think they can justify that by just saying, oh, we need that eighth win and we need to get up in the you know, top five of, of AA type of thing. So I don't see a situation. Now, I don't know all the variables. If the Hawks have a couple guys who could really, really use – the extra seven days, maybe they will, maybe I'm wrong and, and they really need that, but uh, resting guys just to, um, what do they call it in the NBA? Just for um, load management, load management. I, I don't see that happening. All right. Well, we'll get a prediction out of you uh, toward the end of the podcast. Let's move over to Loyola and Mount Carmel. Loyola has already earned a share of the CCLESCC blue a win over Mount Carmel secures their sole outright win of the division. Um, if Loyola were to lose, the two teams will share it. And, uh, I think Brother Rice also has a chance to earn a share if they beat Marist um, as well. But um, same question, I guess, from what we were talking about. Like, do you think Loyola will play all of its players? John Halsek was uh, talking about that after the Providence game about deciding like whether there is anything he else needs to prove or points or anything like that where – um, obviously he wants to be nine and zero as opposed to eight and one. Um, but like we've talked about, some of their players have been dealing with some injuries and is this the week where, um, I don't know if this would be the week, to, I guess, because when you would think that we against St. Patrick's and Providence would be it against Mount Carmel, but, um, what do you think? Like, what's the outlook here? Yeah, that was, we talked about it last week, how surprised we were that he said that, um, thinking, you know, from a, from a fan perspective and a, and a reporter perspective that this rivalry is so big and it's above certain things like resting players, but maybe not, you know, if he's got, if it could really help his, his, um, his personnel to do that, then he's all for it. But I can't imagine with the one seat on the line, um, because I think we have a couple other undefeated teams in 8A uh, yeah. so with the top seat on the line and with, uh, the, the conference on the line, I just think they're going to put this one away or you know, attempt to give it their best shot to do so. And if it goes south or it goes north <laughs> pretty quickly either way, maybe then. But, man, in spots, it really seems odd to do that with, with all that's riding on this from, from an outsider's perspective. Right. It'll be really interesting. And then, um, like you talked about, this is a huge matchup for both schools. I mean, we were talking about this matchup um before the season started kind of like the same way we did about Nutria and Maine South but um Mount Carmel coming into this game um with two losses 27 to nothing to a very surprising St. Ignatius team who's 8 and 0 right now um could be 9 and 0 with the win over Fenwick on Friday um and then a 43 to 36 loss against Brother Rice so um it's not like Mount Carmel's having a down year Mount Carmel is still Mount Carmel um both of their losses are to probably top 10 teams in the state of Illinois um, at this point, or at least top 15. Um, what what do you expect out of this matchup between these two rivals who um, I feel like even going back in the day, even back when I was there, just all the matchups between Mount Karma, how big those games were. And now um, you have the Jordan Lynch uh, coaching matchup and that kind of stuff. I mean, um, how big is this game for both Loyola and Mount Carmel? I mean, I 
you know, I love it. It's, it's classic CCL, um, North side versus South side, which is similar to the, to the brother, I guess, similar to the Maris too, but, um, you know, loyal is the, the Northern juggernaut, you know, they're the team, everybody, um, I don't want to say aspires to be because they, you know, they're all on a very high level of, of right. football play in the state, but they, they're gunning for them. You know, Loyola has a target on their back. They got a couple state titles in the biggest class in the state. You know, they're the big boy. Um, so they want to take them down. So I think from a, from a main, from a Mount Carmel perspective, um, they can, they can knock Loyola away from the one seed. They can knock Loyola away from an outright conference champ. That's gotta be, you know, locker room fodder for them, um, pump them up a little bit. And I think, you know, after that San Ignatius loss, which was so surprising, not just because they lost, Ignatius is great, but they got shut out 27 to zero. It's, it was shocking. Um, but since then they've averaged 42 points a game. So uh, maybe they took that a little personally um, and they've been able to pump themselves up since, you know, brother Rice uh, beat them. Brother Rice is one of the best teams in the state, um, but then they took out their angst on St. Lawrence and St. Viter. So I think they're leading up to this feeling pretty good. They got a home matchup um, on a Friday night. So I think because Mount Carmel is going to be pumped about it, it's not like Loyola is the type of team that's going to back down from something like that. Um, so I expect um, it to be a pretty big matchup. I, I expect uh, Loyola to be as physical and as imposing as ever. Just before we continue on, just I feel like we need to talk about how insane the CCLE SCC Blue Division <laughs> is. Literally, Loyola is eight and zero, and then Mount Carmel, Brother Rice, and Marist are both are all six and two. Like that is an insane division. Like you would think, like you look around at the other um, other divisions, and obviously Saint Rita's leading the Green. They're six and two. Um, Joliet Catholic is uh, um, eight and zero um, in the Orange Division. You got St. Pat's and St. Viter, both four and four and three and five. Um, and then you got St. Ignatius, eight and zero, um, in the White with Fenwick at six and two. But like, who decided to put all these juggernauts? And like, we love it because we get to see them play each other all the time and battle for a division crown. But who decided to put these juggernauts all together and just like have them beat them up each other before the playoffs start? <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're Catholic schools, so God, right? But seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's impressive. It's so much fun to watch from a reporter's perspective because this is really elite football talent, like big coaching staffs, big budgets uh, lead to, you know, your, your coaching top end talent who wants to go to these schools because of that and because their pedigrees and um, history of winning. Um, and that just kind of creates this this never ending cycle of, you know, a lot of talent at these schools. So, um, you know, there's been pushes. I don't ever know how far they got, but to, to let the, the private and Catholic schools battle it out in their own state tournament, just like you guys go over there and do what you need to do. We'll have a public school um, <laughs> tournament over here because in some respects, there's just a huge step down. I think there's been years where six of the eight uh, championship winners in the, in the eight classes are private Catholic schools. So um, it's definitely a divide of power and I don't know that it's, but it is power and it's, it's fun to watch on, on Saturdays in Wilmette. I'll tell you that. All right. We'll get back to this matchup between two of those schools, Loyola and Mount Carmel on Friday night at Mount Carmel. Um, but um, what do you, what do you, what, what side of the ball, obviously both sides of the ball are important and don't forget about special teams, but um you mentioned, I mean, Mount, Car Mount Carmel scored 36 points, 48 points, 42 points in its last three games, given up 7-13 and then uh, 43 to uh, Brother Rice and 27 to um, Ignatius. What side of the ball is going to be more important in this matchup for Loyola? Is it the defense limiting what Mount Carmel is able to do offensively? Or is it the offense kind of continuing to do what it's been doing all season and just dominating in both the air and the ground? It's a good question. Um, I, because hmm, <laughs> I am thinking they're both going to be important, but I, I think I'll lean defense just because I think Mount Carmel is going to come in hot with that 40 point average over the past three games. I think they're going to come in expecting to move the football. And if Loyola can counter that with, uh, you know, 
some three and outs, even obviously a turnover would be huge, but three and outs and just some, some heavy hits and, and things like that, which they're more than capable of doing pressure on the quarterback pressure on the running game. Um, I think that's going to throw Mount Carmel off. I think they, they're going to be, have to adjust quickly and uh, that could just not happen for a couple quarters. It's going to have to take some time. So um, I think that that offense, that defense making, making Mount Carmel think is going to be the difference. Yeah. I think it feels cliche to once again, say a big game for Loyola, the defense needs to step up, but I really do think that could be the difference in this game where um, it's going to be cold. I mean, it's going to be around the forties, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be different from what we've been used to um, recently when it comes to high school football, when you get to this time of year, so you're going to have to run it. Um, And I obviously we've seen great things from the sophomore Nima shine, but um, things can change when you're playing Mount Carmel Mm -hmm. um, instead of uh, St. Pat's and a very depleted Providence team, no disrespect to them, but um, I think it's just at a different level. So I do agree. I think the defense is going to need to step up. They've shown that they've been able to step up. I know they've given up um, a large amount of points, um, in a couple games this year, but then they've been able to limit opponents when they needed to get some critical interceptions. And I do think that defense um, is definitely going to be um, what makes or breaks this makes or breaks this uh, matchup against Mount Carmel on Friday. Um, what do you think? Uh, just before we get predictions going on, do you think Loyola wins this game? They get the top seed in eight A. Yes. Yeah, I think they have the points to do it. Um... I don't think it'll be much of a question. I'm trying to uh, pull up again. I thought I had it pulled up. Who else is up there? But, uh, you know, in the Catholic League, you know, you're going to have the most points because you're going to take whatever it is from Mount Carmel, six points from Mount Carmel. Um, and uh, you're undefeated. So, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't be. Yeah, you would figure Loyola has 47 playoff points. Nico Valley is next with 38 South Elgin has 35, Maine South has 37, um, and uh, Lockport has 37 as well. And you you figure Loyola is probably going to gain at least, what, seven more points after this week, um, something like that, just with the strong games that they have going on. Um, I know some of their teams are actually playing against each other, so maybe not that much, but um, you figure that they'll get um, more wins moving forward. And, yeah, I think if you have a 9-0 um nine and no Loyola team. I don't really see how it's possible. You can't have them be the top seed in class eight. And remember we were talking about debating whether they're even going to play eight. A. that was, that was a fun little time there. Cause they would probably destroy seven. A. Yeah. Seven A's, you know, um, not bad near the top they got and Carmel and brother rice are both in that class. So I feel like it would, it's almost going to be, Hey, here are your friends again in some yeah. St. Rita's in there too. Um, but I think they asked to play 8A. We never really explored that. Sorry, sorry, readers, um, <laughs> about that, not controversy, but question mark. Um, but, yeah, so Loyola is going to be over 50 opponent wins, 50 points. And it looks like South Elgin's playing a one-win West Chicago, so they're going to get one point, And Niqua Valley is going to get, at most, six points. Um, so we're going to be, yeah, far and away to – the top seed. I'm pretty sure it won't be a question once if they get a victory, if they lose, then um, I think they're going to drop down to probably, you know, four or five. And then we can start debating how smart it is that we have Loyola traveling in the second week to uh, <laughs> the South side or something like that, because it's our favorite pastime to uh, attack DHSA when it comes to it. It's playoff, uh, playoff style out here, but let's get some predictions out of you. Um, new chair, main South, what happens Friday in Northfield? You know, similar to the Glenbrook South game, in theory, I think Nutrier has to do some things that I haven't seen them do. Not saying they can't, I just think they have to to win this game, and that's create maybe a couple turnovers or consistently limit Maine South's drives. And I haven't seen them do that, especially against really good teams. So I hope they surprise me, um, but I'm giving Maine South the edge here. Um, with a with a 35-21 win, couple score victory. I think uh, I think like you said, we just haven't seen it from Nutria this year in big matchups against um, uh, Barrington, against Glenbrook South, against Evanston. I, I just I think the defense is just too inexperienced still 
Um, and I think Maine South is going to uh, uh, score a lot. I think Nutri can hang there, but I think the defense is just going to not be able to control it. And I think it'll be um, a 40 to uh, I'll do 40 to 17 win um, for Maine South finishing off the regular season here as both teams look forward to the playoffs, but um, Loyola Mount Carmel Friday night and Mount Carmel. It's fun that the games are actually at Mount Carmel. Now I know Gately was a fun experience, but it's fun that the Mount Carmel uh, fans actually get to have games on their campus. But uh, yeah. what do you have happening between the Ramblers and the caravan on Friday? Um, in this case, I do have the Ramblers defense doing a couple things that uh, completely throw off Mount Carmel, um, whether that's, um, and, and most of that I think is going to be in the backfield pressures on the quarterback and, and really stopping that poem running game um, in its tracks um, to, to hold those drives. So uh, I, I got Loyola um, doing what needs to be another, another just very methodical victory for them. Um, but I do have Mount Carmel scoring because I think it, that that's legit. And we've seen teams like brother rice and even Fenwick be able to score on Loyola. So um I look for it to be a 28, no, 27-21 victory for the Ramblers. Yeah, I don't really – I feel like I've been predicting um, for these big games, like against Brother Rice and against uh, Marist, and um, I feel like I've been predicting, like, low-scoring games, and that just not has not been the case. And Loyola has showed us that they can score. So um, I think I'm around there with you. I think I'll go – um, I think it's going to be around 32 to let's do a 28 ball game. I think it's going to be really close. I think a missed play by the caravan toward the end of the game is going to be the difference here when I think Loyola is going to finish the season nine and they'll earn that top seed and um, start the playoffs and start a journey where um, I think we'll uh, see them hopefully have a long playoff journey here, but um, it should be a lot of fun. It's good to know that, um, we're not done talking football after this week's episode of the podcast, but it should be a lot of fun games on Friday. So make sure you're checking us out there. Make sure you check out the record Northshore.org as well for all your updates on soccer, um, swimming, tennis, and uh, volleyball and track or not track and field cross country starting as well. So um, a lot of postseason action. So make sure you are checking out the record Northshore.org. And um, I'm sure we're excited to come back next week and we'll break down playoff matchups for you. Um, talk about what the road is for both Loyola and New Trier as the playoffs start next week and um, obviously throw some digs at the IHSA as well as is tradition each and every October and November on the podcast. But thanks so much for joining us in this week's episode of the Varsity Podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you write us a nice little review and spread the word whenever you are at games. So for Joe, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.